How many hundreds of kilometers have your clothes traveled by the time they get to you? How many hands have they passed through? And have the people who made them earned a fair share in their production? Today, we are talking about responsibility. In a two-part episode, we look at who takes responsibility in business and how the EU wants to ensure that human rights and the environment are respected along the entire supply chain. This is... We Work Europe, the podcast of the European Centre for Workers' Questions. There has been another horrific incident at a garment factory in Bangladesh. Today, the death toll at the Rana Plaza passed 400 and 150 are still missing. It was the worst industrial disaster in Bangladesh's history. On the 24th of April 2013, a news story goes around the world. An eight-story building has collapsed in Dhaka, Bangladesh. The Rana Plaza. 1,134 people died. More than 2,500 people were injured. The lower floors were occupied by banks and various shops, the higher floors by workrooms for textile workers. Around 5,000 people were employed up there. They produced clothes for brands such as Benetton, Zara and Primark. One day before the collapse, Cracks were discovered in the building during filming for a TV report. As a result, employees of the shops and banks were sent home and were not supposed to come in the next day either. However, this did not apply to the textile manufacturers. After there was a power failure, they turned on a diesel generator and soon after, the building collapsed. There were several reasons for the collapse, the building was constructed on a drained marshland, more floors were added than had been permitted, and the building was not intended to house industrial machinery. The investigations also revealed insights into the working conditions of the employees, low pay, poor working conditions, and pressure from fashion labels to produce quickly, meaning workers were under pressure to return to the factories and get back to work as soon as possible. In the media, they called it the high cost of cheap fashion. The textile industry is far from the only black sheep of globalisation. It also affects other sectors, such as natural stone. The whole concept of human rights and due diligence is, is known to the garment industry, but not to the natural stone. This is Lisetta Fossman. She works for Arisa, a Dutch NGO whose mission is to improve working conditions in international supply chains in South Asia. In collaboration with partner organisations in countries including India, Bangladesh and Pakistan, Arisa monitors the working conditions in the production of garments and textiles, leather, natural stone and vegetable seeds. By due diligence, she means the responsible business conduct of companies towards workers, suppliers and the environment. It took a long time to to make the companies understand what is due diligence, why do we talk about human rights, is it necessary? And maybe interesting to mention, we as an organization published a report called The Dark Side of Granite, 
The 2017 report is about the granite industry in India. India is one of the largest exporters of granite in the world and is responsible for half of all exports of this stone. Working conditions are devastating. There is hardly any protective equipment for employees and no social security. The investigation of 22 quarries brought to light incidents of child labour, unpaid overtime and unpaid leave. With wage advances equivalent to one to three months' wages and high-interest loans, quarry owners have found a way to keep workers, mostly migrants, tied to their jobs. In their research, Arisa found out who the buyers of the natural stone were and confronted the international companies. They were based in China and the USA, but also in Europe, such as Germany, Italy, the UK, Belgium and the Netherlands. If we can establish a link between the violations and a company, before publishing, we will reach out to the company. Some natural stone companies responded to the report, so some didn't agree with us, uh, and some were surprised, and they, they asked us, like, but what can we do? Because we didn't know about these issues. What we first say is, look at your own practices. You always have to look at your own price, for example. Are you paying a fair price to your supplier so that he's able to pay a decent wage or a living wage to the laborers working in the factory or the quarry? But you can also look as a company at what are the delivery times? Is that reasonable? Do you ask the stones to be imported uh, within two weeks or do you give them a little bit more time? Uh, because the shorter the delivery times, the more pressure you put on someone, of course. And then that may result in labour rights violations. According to the report, there is a correlation between buyers with corporate social responsibility and the working conditions of supplying quarries. These are better if the buyer has a responsible business conduct policy that is put into practice. To raise awareness among European companies, Lisetta Vossman is also seeking contact with trade unions. In mid-February 2023, she speaks in Brussels within the framework of an ESA seminar to a group of trade union members from several EU countries. Representatives from European Works Councils are also there. Her talk consists of many questions that she asks the participants. Who among you represents the natural stone industry? Who knows about occupational safety there? What is communication like with the suppliers? Some participants know about the working conditions and put pressure on the companies. Others are surprised and promise to work for more transparency, regardless of whether it is natural stone or another industry. The seminar is organised by the Confederation of Christian Trade Unions, abbreviated as CSC. It is the federation of trade unions with the largest membership in Belgium. For two days, trade union representatives and speakers exchange views on human rights due diligence, i.e. on how economic cooperation can work without violating human rights. On the contrary, companies have the responsibility to respect human rights. In their business operations, they must identify risks of violations, prevent them and provide redress if violations have occurred. This applies to their own company and direct business relations, but also to the entire supply chain in which they operate. 
This responsibility is set out in international guidelines from both the United Nations and the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development, the OECD. Manon van Thor co-organized the seminar and points out the importance of the event for trade unions. We give them some tools, some ideas, some inspiration to already get the idea of due diligence in the social dialogue. Even without a law, they can already ask questions, uh, make suggestions to the employer. And as trade unions, we, we should be concerned. We should uh, show solidarity towards the workers of the whole world. As Europeans, we should not believe that human rights violations only happen in South Asia or in the southern countries. They also happen in Europe. Last year, there was a scandal in uh, Belgium, actually. In the summer of 2022, a labour inspector found irregularities at a construction site in Antwerp, Belgium. More than 50 men of Bengali and Filipino origin were working there six days a week, building a factory, at a wage of €650 Euros a month. The client dismissed any culpability, saying that he did not employ these men. They worked for a subcontractor. What consequences this exploitation will have for whom is still unclear. So far, there has been no court case on this. This is just one example of why many organisations have been calling for years for due diligence to become legally binding and to apply all along the supply chain, including CSC. Manon Van Thor. So that there can be a real access to justice for the victims and uh, there can be a real civil and administrative liability for the companies. Because right now, when a company is establishing a code of conduct with its supplier, for instance, if a damage occurs, the company can say, well, okay, something happened, but we respected the code of conduct. We did everything right and the violation happened. It's not our fault. If a due diligence law, a binding law, is voted, well, the company will have to be sued, will have to be liable because of the impact of uh, its activities. The collapse of Rana Plaza caused worldwide horror. Local organisations and trade unions then drew up requirements demanding minimum safety conditions in the garment industry in Bangladesh. Many European brands signed up, but not all. Of the 30 brands affected, only seven pledged financial support to the victims. Overall, the amount of money paid has been met with dissatisfaction. The compensation was too low. In response, the European Commission proposed voluntary measures for companies to improve human rights. In 2017, the European Parliament called for binding due diligence obligations. In the next episode of We Work Europe, we will tell you what happened to these demands and what challenges such a law would bring. There was a last-minute battle in the Council when the EU Council just made their position. That was back 
at the end of November, there was a sort of last-minute protest uh, from France to exclude the finance sector. As workers' representative, we have direct access to the management, to the directors of the companies through the social dialogue bodies. So it is really important that we are involved in the whole process of due diligence. A lot of um, companies hire audit firms. You can use an auditor for just a stock taking of a situation on a certain time. But you always have to find stakeholders like unions or NGO to get another picture maybe than the auditor is saying. If you like We Work Europe, do give us a five-star rating and don't forget to subscribe. Also, if you have any interesting topics or feedback for us, just contact ESA at ESA.org. We Work Europe is the podcast from ESA, the European Centre for Workers' Questions, which receives financial support from the European Union. This podcast was narrated by me, Rebecca Sharp. Script and production by Escucha, Audio Identity.